You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Hey everyone, it's Call Me Adam, and on this episode of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam on the Broadway Podcast Network, I am recording at the Houdini Museum in New York City. Today, we are speaking with writer and actress Amy Marks, directors and actors Coco Cohen and Peter Michael Marino. We're talking about Amy's critically acclaimed show, Nice Tits, which has been reconstructed from a one-woman show into a celebrity reading. So stay tuned. Hi, everyone. Hey. Hi. 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 So um, now we have done, for my listeners out there, with each of my prospective guests today, we have I have done interviews with all of them about Amy's show. But because I have a lot of new listeners, we're going to start from the beginning and find out the whole story. Before... I was born in 19... <laughs> yep. Oh, oh, I didn't hear 19 what? <laughs> I think that cut out, yes. All right, so let's start with Amy. So let's get a brief recap of sort of how the show came to be, what, in- what inspired you to write it, um, and everything in between that. So, um, well, for starters, I'm a cancer survivor. Yes. I had breast cancer in 2009. I actually had DCIS in 2008, and then I had breast cancer in 2009. 10 years, I just celebrated my 10-year anniversary. Yay, congratulations. It's amazing. And um, in 2009, I made the choice to have a double mastectomy. Uh, my mother died of cancer when she was 51, and mm. I just knew what was like the right thing to do. So. I was always known for having really great boobs, and it was a really, it's true, let's just, the show is called Nice it Tits. Is, it's yes. not called Ugly Tits, yeah. so, um, <laughs> which is a whole different show. But, um, so it was really important for me to find the right plastic surgeon and mm-hmm. search for the perfect pair of new boobs. And while I, what, and that's ridiculous, and while I was healing, because it, it's, it's a long, it's a long healing process, mm-hmm. I started writing and I started journaling. And mm-hmm. I knew I either wanted to write a book or a story. I knew that I wanted to take my art and do something with it. And then a friend, I, was it Sheila who introduced us? Because I'm, I'm talking about oh Peter. My gosh, it was so long ago. I, I think it was either Sheila or Norma, some very good friends of ours, introduced us. And I started working with Peter. And do you remember how much stuff I brought to you? I just bought like pages and pages. And we just decided to turn it into a one person show and worked on it for a long time. Mm. I mean, I wrote a lot that is not in the show. That yeah. There were many times where I would just say, uh, just save that for the book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Save that for the book. So I'm, sure, I'm sure Amy has a file at home that is like, nice tits the book, nice tits the show. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, so, so you worked with Peter Michael Marino to direct it. Actually, even before Peter directing it, mm-hmm. he was my, what's the word for it? There's a word. He was my developer. developer. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was my. Terrific. He was my developer. <laughs> <laughs> that's the word yes and we were I mean we worked together a lot for at least a year right at least well, a year. yeah I mean it was the, the challenge was to not make it uh, didactic in any way because there's a lot of information in the show that is medical yes. so we had to find ways to navigate that uh, while still 
you know, having that important information in the show. And mm -hmm. luckily, Barbie is a big part of the show, and she does a lot of the dirty work for us, which is great. <laughs> dirty Barbie. And um, the other big thing was, uh, you know, in our process of creating it, um, was that we just knew it had to um, have levity, mm -hmm. even though it's a, a dark subject. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way that we found that levity was just um, being very honest about Amy's own um, neuroses, mm -hmm. really. And her unhealthy obsession with her breasts. <laughs> and, and her, it's just, just, just Amy being Amy, you yeah. know? So, isn't it unhealthy? Isn't that what you say in the press release? An unhealthy obsession with her breasts? No, I actually don't say unhealthy. Oh, wait, you say healthy? Right. I, I say obsession. Do I say, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember think, reading I don't unhealthy. think unhealthy, that's your Oh, uh, whoops, sorry. <laughs> gay man talking. <laughs> Watch out, gay man talking. And now, I know I saw the show, I think 2000, definitely 2016, maybe 2015, was it? I think, I think you probably saw it in 16. 16, so. yes. We've done at least three or four interviews uh, from the beginning since 2016 about oh, it. Adam has been, I just want to say this, Adam has been incredibly generous to, to us for the show. A total cheerleader, yes. and I well, was so grateful. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's a fantastic show. You have a connection to the topic of the show as well, which I think yes. is probably why it resonated with yes. you so much. Yes, because my mom is a breast cancer survivor uh -huh. as well. So I definitely, it definitely resonated with me. So now how did, how and when did Coco get involved with the show? So, oh boy. Uh, so we just got to a point where somehow my thing. Yeah, I was I was out of town with my own show, and uh, Avon set up some big benefit, and I wasn't around to kind of keep an eye on it, and I needed someone to be a me. Mm -hmm. And since Coco and I have known each other since the beginning of time, um, <laughs> and and I think also since we're both performers and both teachers, it seemed like a perfect match because Amy's also a performer and a teacher, and I just knew that Amy would, uh, that uh, Coco would have the same sensibility and keep the humor there, which is so important with my stamp on the show. So it just seemed like natural. And then, um, and then this, uh, then this uh, celebrity reading thing came up, and uh, I just it just made sense that Coco be the one who's who's doing that, directing that, and. I sort of came on to maintain the show. And Amy and I shared a lot of talks about a lot of different things we might eventually do with the show. Mm -hmm. And this idea probably had been talked about before. Something in the model of a show like Love, Loss, and What I Wore mm -hmm. to take the show and take this very personal story and make it a very universal story, mm -hmm. which it already is just by listening. But when you start to say, oh, look, five different women can be Amy and tell Amy's story in their own voice, mm -hmm. in their own way, and it can feel like... I am you, you are me, we are all one. Um, we thought that was such a great idea. And then you came to the, our first effort yes. at doing that last April, which I thought was a major hit. It yes. If I may say. No, you may say, because the feedback, this is Amy. Yeah, the feedback was amazing, and people were like, take it in this direction. And just, to, I want to go back to Coco, but I feel really that um, the story is really important to get out there. And I know that doing it as a one-person show, it's great. And, mm -hmm. and in rehearsals, Coco's like, please stop mouthing the words when <laughs> other people are up there. But I think it's really important to get the message out there. Mm -hmm. And I believe it will have more traction with um, celebrities and other people in it. And I believe the message is more important than me, like doing it on my own. 
I can I can sort of concur with that because I saw it as a one woman show. I saw it as a celebrity reading, and it does, like you say, open it up to make it universal. Because then I think audiences are like, well, if all these people are part of it, then yes, it is a story for everybody as opposed to this one person story. Even though it is one person's story, it's it is something relatable that everybody can can identify with. And I feel like this is Amy again. I feel like women after the celebrity reading come up to me and say thank you for telling mm-hmm. my story so i feel like it is a universal story because it's this is like when you're both going to tell me to stop crying but we really so are allowed to cry three times I in the show they, they tell me they gave me a number they gave me a number they go stop you and they do i thought it was five is it really three um because it is a universal story. Mm-hmm. Just the format, giving it an opportunity to be seen by so many more people. And I think that it's kind of a no-brainer to produce a show like that. Mm-hmm. So we're doing it again, and we're doing it in February, in March, and in April with different casts to see if we can get maybe some producers to catch on to this because it won't cost them much to produce a show like that. Right. And I can, we can imagine celebrity breast cancer survivors wanting to be part mm-hmm. of this. And I think we could get a rotating cast like you couldn't believe. Yes. And what we learned from our first foray was that the women that participated in it felt quite moved Mm -hmm. and quite excited and wanted to talk about it and wanted to do it again. And we would totally let them. But we think it's nice to sort of spread the wealth and see who else we can find. Yes. So so that sort of leads into my next question, actually. Oh, perfect. How do you decide who you want to ask to be part of it? Well, this is Coco still. I um, <laughs> I started with asking who I knew, mm-hmm. some friends, mm-hmm. when we did the one in April, and I put together Broadway and stage and screen friends to do it. And then, well, it is interesting. You, you know, you can be a tiny little celebrity in very small circles, and you have a few <laughs> friends to ask, and they're willing, right? Yeah. Um, so that's how that opened up. And then Peter Michael had an idea when we were going to do it again. Wouldn't it be neat to have... The women of blank Mm. do it. The women of Frozen. The women of whomever. And I had a good... Actually, Paige Davis, who was in our first reading. Her husband. Who was was a a real favorite in that. She is married to Patrick Page, who is in Town, And I said, hey, Paige could endorse us because she knows what she's getting people into. And she said, sure, I'll put the word out. And she asked the Town cast on my behalf. The Hades ladies, as we like to refer to I them. I love it. And um, they stepped up. So we have four Hades ladies joining us on the 24th. That's so exciting. Of February. Of yes. February. Yes. 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 Um, do you have March and April's? They're in the works. Okay. okay. I possibly have another cast of and then women of nighttime drama mm. are sort of my oh themes my that are building right now. We'll see how it all comes together. That could be so many people. So we're going to move into a slightly different topic along the same lines of the show because going through breast cancer is a very hard time and I know um, you've endured a few other rough patches <laughs> it's like the book of In Job with me is that the book where things keep happening um, so, yes I have so my my question without getting into too much detail right. unless, you, unless you want to but um, how do you my question for all of you is how do you get through rough times like that 
Okay, so I'll quickly say what Adam is referring to is uh, there was a big fire in my building and I lost everything I own. And I have to say with humor, because someone said to me when I lost everything, they go, how are you doing having like lost all your stuff? And I said, when you lose your boobs to cancer, losing a kitchen table and chairs is not such a big deal Mm -hmm. because it's replaceable. So the fact that I went through cancer, the fact that um, I'm alive, I'm still here, changes the perspective to everything mm, because nice. i'm i'm one of the lucky ones mm-hmm. i'm still here mm-hmm. so that's that's the way i get through a lot of stuff you at, the actors fund Do oh and and the actors fund um was really in who we're doing uh we're giving a portion of the proceeds of oh, ticket sales wonderful. to the actors fund Yes. Yeah, and each show we're di- giving to a different organization. So in March, it's for Stupid Cancer, which is an organization that um, helps women under 40, mm. people under 40, not just women who get cancer. And another organization in April called You Can Thrive, which deals with a lot of alternative treatments, which when you see my show, you'll know I'm very, I'm huge on doing alternative treatments. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's I wonderful. forgot the rest of the question. No, that was that you, you how do you get through oh, the rough and times? For me, I would friends. say friends and mm-hmm. humor. Mm-hmm. And I just in December went through another scare. They thought mm-hmm. that my cancer might have metastasized. Yeah, I think you they thought my cancer yes. might have metastasized. And that was a really hard one. And what I did with that is I chose to go to Los Angeles because it's my happy place. Mm-hmm. And I just decided, you know what? Why make myself crazy when I don't know the answer? So I just kept myself busy and I made the choice, hard choice, not easy mm-hmm. to do, but I made the choice to occupy myself with other things. Yeah. And the wonderful thing is, is I am cancer free, so it all turned out really well. That's so wonderful. that's my answer. Yeah. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Febreze is a proud partner of Can't Cancel Pride. However you choose to express yourself, Febreze has the perfect scent to make your home even more fabulous in your own unique way. Have an amazing pride from Febreze. Who wants to go next? Oh, the rough times question. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, <laughs> I'll let you know when I get over the rough times. I feel like, yeah, in, like, in the arts, it's like almost always. I mean, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the odd thing is, I guess for me, when I'm going through rough times, is sort of when I'm most creative. Does mm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I just, yeah, that's really, that's the key. I mean, rough times have, uh, rough times has, going through rough, rough times has uh, 
uh, afforded me probably my, the last three shows I wrote. So not that I want to keep going through rough times. <laughs> Yes, yes. They say that about Coco. They say that about songwriters and artists and the blue period. You know, that's all what artists do with Mm -hmm. the rough times. Yeah. So I hear you. I really just try to, this is going to sound so Pollyanna. Me too. I I have a saying. I mean, it's not, I don't know that it was mine first, (laughs) but I started saying it and people know me to say it and it is choose joy Mm. because I do think that happiness is a choice. I mean, there's chemical depression and there are are things I get, but um, it's how you deal with the outside sources Mm -hmm. and forces that decide how you're going to get through your day. So I really try to, to do that. And I try... It's hard for me, but I try not to speculate about the outcome of things too mm. much. If I stay with a, what if, and they might, and why don't they? And, uh, you know, you think about it. I do that all the time with auditioning. Mm-hmm. They said this, but they liked that, but they clapped when my song was over. They must have, you know, it's all the same thing. People are dating, and they go, he said this, but he never called again. It's the same yeah. thing. It's all that speculative conversation that I try not to have. Deal with what I know. Yes, that's great. Which goes back to exactly how I dealt with feeling that I might have cancer again. Mm. Yeah, the California thing. Right, the California mm-hmm. thing. It's like, just deal. I love that you just deal with what you have. This yes. is the crazy spinning wheel when yeah. you don't know. Because that's what gets us in trouble. Yes. The what if, what if. What oh, if. we all have the crazy spinning wheel. We so we're going to switch gears and play a game called I'm a Barbie Girl. Mm. Each of you are going to tell me <laughs> which Barbie you think you are and which Barbie you think each other are. Eeks. So let's start with Coco since you've Since I'm holding the microphone. Yes. I am red lipstick Barbie. Mm. <laughs> I don't leave the house without it. Oh. Are we doing Barbies that actually exist? Well, I don't know. She could oh, exist. She could. She Do could. you know? Do you know every Barbie? I know a lot of them. Do you? Well, then maybe you're going to be, maybe you should assign me a Barbie. Expert. Yes, Amy, why don't you assign Coco a Barbie? This is this is not this is not that easy, Peter. Any thoughts about us? Okay. No, oh. In your hand. Ah! Oh. oh, smart one. Well, let me go to Peter because I think Peter okay, would okay. be astronaut Barbie. Mm. Oh, tell us why. Because I think Peter really thinks outside of the box. I think he can exist on a different plane. I think that. Um, Going to the moon is is miraculous, and I think what he did with my show is incredible, and I think what he did with my show is miraculous, and so I deem Peter astronaut Barbie. Do you do you guys? What do you think? Yes, I think it's amazing and super flattering. How do you like? I'll, I'll take it. I love it. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. Excellent. And then, mm, I don't know if there is one, but I'm going to make one. Coco is fairy godmother Barbie. Mm. Because she is, she's like my fairy godmother. And every time I get nervous or stressed or worried about something, one text or one word, and Coco just sprinkles that fairy dust and calms me down and, and, and puts everything into, like, look at my arm, I totally have the chills. So, yes, yes. so that's, that's my casting. Can't wait to see what you make me. And who would you cast yourself as? Oh, what me. Barbie would you All be? of them. I don't know. <laughs> All of them. Well, I did like Mermaid Barbie. I mm-hmm. have to say I was quite a fan of that. Um, I don't know. You cast me. I could, hmm. What do you think? I don't know enough of the Barbies. Um, She's done everything. She's done everything, Barbie. So, and and there's a whole, you posted a thing. There's a whole new um, icon Barbies coming out. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There's like. And every shade of Barbie. Yes. There's like 480 Barbies. Right. Something, well, at least on the 
Barbie oh, website so I went to today. <laughs> yeah, if, <laughs> like if anyone out there like Barbies. has a, a lot of spare time, just like add Barbie to your Google alerts, and you'll be you'll be busy for yeah. Da- days. Yeah, there's always Barbie news. I, I you know I don't know. Um, I mean, I would take the Malibu because she had the van, mm. and the van looked like the Scooby Doo thing a little bit. Um, there was one that like I think you dipped it underwater and it changed color. Oh. I think that would be me. Mm-hmm. Not that I change color underwater, but like the fact that you can kind of like uh, be more than one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like Barbie. adaptable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then maybe there's one that had tattoos for a while. I, that would be badass. I'd okay. take that one. Yeah. Would, I, I, I would be cancer survivor Barbie. Yeah. And I actually would love to write to Mattel. And I believe that they should have a cancer survivor they should. Barbie. Because Barbie is a big part of my show, as mm-hmm. we're talking about Barbie. Because when I, my, the way my crazy brain works, when I found out that I wasn't going to have nipples for nine months, I like obsessed about it. This is in my show about who do I? I don't know anyone that doesn't. All my friends have nipples, mm-hmm. so who doesn't have nipples? And then all of a sudden, I was like, Oh my god, Barbie has no mm. nipples, because I loved Barbie as a kid. Yeah. So. I think it would be an amazing thing because Barbie has a really bad rap because supposedly she makes women feel because she's like perfect. Right. right. Unattainable. Unattainable. Yeah. And, and so I think for kids going through cancer, I, I think it would be like an amazing yes. thing to have a cancer survivor Barbie. That is the whole game. <gasps> That's a yeah, good game. I love, I love a game. If you were to bear it all and reveal something about yourself that you have not shared in a previous interview, what would you tell me today? Okay. Or you could look at it as, do you have any kind of like quirky habit that you do that if like somebody came into your apartment and saw you doing this quirky thing, you would be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe somebody just saw me do that. Well, okay. That second part I can do. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've said everything in an interview before. But I have an irrational fear of rodents and I live in New York City. Yes. And in moving here 12 years ago, back to New York from Los Angeles. It, on the pro and con list, it was rodents was on the con list. I didn't know what I was going to do if I saw them. I know they exist in Los Angeles, but mm-hmm. you just don't see them in the yeah. same kind of way. And um, because I am so afraid of them, I put all food trash in the refrigerator. Mm. All the time. Interesting. And scene. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I've done a bunch of solo shows, so clearly I've bared a lot. Um, I guess the thing about me that some people might know or might not is like, I'm just like obsessed with numbers and counting and time. Like if you go to see a show with me, I'm checking my watch the whole time and it's not to see when it's over. It's usually like, oh, this moment happened. Does it happen 20 minutes in or 40 minutes in? I guess. Well, no. I mean, I also count like when I'm going down the stairs and like I have like three clocks in my bedroom, which is sort of unnecessary. And I'm like actually was shopping this morning for one that projects onto the ceiling. Um, Yeah, I'm crazy about time. So like if I'm producing a show, it's really important that it starts on time, Mm -hmm. which I've now accepted in New York City is eight minutes after. I've accepted that and I'm fine. But I'm doing my own kids show now, and every time I do it, I say to my stage manager, it's going to be 55 minutes today, you watch. And 
every day it's 57 minutes. Mm. I am, it's killing me that I cannot shave two minutes off the show and half of it's improvised. So what am I doing with those two minutes? So what I try to do is like cut the written part instead of the improv part. (laughs) And I have a massive, uh, a massive time counter on uh, off stage. The audience can't see that I'm constantly looking at during the show. Wow, I did not know that. Oh, well, I feel like in in my show, I I, yes. I have I have absolutely bared it all. I haven't. Nah. Oh, really? What what should I bear? You know things. That, you're a lot more neurotic in real life than you are in the show. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Well, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I, right. Okay. How am I more neurotic? He's gonna. You know what? Peter is gonna bear it all for me. <laughs> We're gonna change bear it. So it. so hold on one second. He is the Come bearer. Come on. No, this is so good. The only thing I could bear, the only thing I could say that's that the only thing I could bear about Amy is that she is terrible with spike marks. <laughs> she is obsessed with spike marks and they have to be huge and there has to be lots of them. And the idea of spike marks for non-theater people is that they're small and there's just a couple. <laughs> so, and I'm obsessed with things being in the right place. So together, this is a great obsession for us to argue over. That's true, actually. I never knew about the, that. The spike marks have not come up with you and I. No, because you're my fairy godmother. So, <laughs> so if you say trusted, I go, okay. Peter says trusted, I go, I don't know, Peter. <laughs> That's the difference. That's the difference between the relationship. Yes. But, but it's true. Yes. It's true. It's, it's the, so is that, that's, that's, that's good and revealed. I have no concept of space either. So I really like, I am intensely intuitive. And I can, when I teach, I can tell my students everything that's going on. But if they put Legos in front of me, I I couldn't put them together. Hmm. All right. Different kind of brain. I love Different that. Different kind of brain. Yes. And then I, I have actually one last question. Okay. Is there anything about the show that we did not cover that you feel would be important to know for people listening? Well, yeah, I think we can like each say something about that. I think um, the really important thing, no one really wants to say, I want to go see a show about cancer mm-hmm. because it sounds really depressing and awful. Even I, uh, there's a lot of cancer shows and a lot of them, I want people to know that it's uplifting mm-hmm. and I want to give people like a good bra, like a good bra. exactly <laughs> like a good bra. I want people to, I want to inspire people to, um, know that they can get through really difficult times. And I also really believe that you don't have to have cancer to relate to my mm-hmm. show because I firmly believe that every cancer, everybody has their own form of cancer, mm-hmm. whether it's depression, whether wh- wh- whether it's divorce, whatever it is. So I think cancer is just, and Peter and I talked about this when we conceived the show, I think cancer is the... Um, is the container, but it's it's so much more about that. Mm. And I feel that that we don't talk enough about how we can make it through things. And it goes back to what Coco was saying that it's a choice. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's a choice to get up every day and say I'm grateful. It's a choice to get up every day and say thank you because I could have easily. I mean, I lost my mother. I just turned seventeen. I, I lost my breath. I mean, there's so many. I could be a miserable unhappy person Mm -hmm. but I made someone would choose that and someone would choose that because they would be a victim but I made the choice so I I, so I want people I want people to leave the theater going wow I feel better about my life or Mm. or I have more strength or I have more power so so I think that's really important because that's the mark I want to leave and that's why I want to keep doing the show 
That's terrific. We, we don't need to follow that. That really hit it on the head, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So everybody listening to this podcast, you are going to come see Nice Tits, the celebrity reading at the Triad, February 24th, March 30th, and April tw- 20th. 20th. And there's still tickets available, and we would absolutely love to see you there, and helping us spread the word would be great, because we really want to get this out there. Yes. And thank you, Adam. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Adam. Thank you, Adam. You're welcome. Thank you all for coming, and thank you, everybody, for listening. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story, for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him, had him, live for the business of show. Call me Adam.com. Thanks for listening. For more Call Me Adam interviews, visit callmeadam.com and follow me on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at callmeadamnyc.